Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So after six months, I left this job and went to the place where I had done internship which was Access Reprographics. And I want to appreciate John Cato because John Cato is the first person who really gave me my first job. So I walked with a salary, yes, and he paid me, you know. So I walked into Access Reprographics and I said, you know what, I was here for internship and I'm looking for a job. And the person said, okay, you go and talk to the boss. And I walked into JK's office and JK looked at me and said, Oinacho Mani. Hmm? And I told him, yes, actually, I was here for internship, and this is what I can do, and this is what I can do. And they gave me an interview right there. Design this business card. You know, you have 30 minutes. <laughs> so I sat on the computer and did, 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 and immediately I had something to present. So I got the job. I worked with JK and Access Reprographics for three years. At the end of the third year, I did feel like God was moving me more into advertising, so I left and I got into another agency where I worked for three years. And after three years, I got into another agency where I worked for three years. So my career life has been such that I've never had a period of having no work to do. Somehow, after every three years, God seemed to move me into something else. So I've worked for a total of about 20 years. Yes, almost two, a little, little bit less than 20 years, Yeah. Because as, as an employee, I worked for about nine years and seven months, and as an employer, it's been really nearly 10 years now. Next year, our business, Nomad Advertising, will be making 10 years in the industry. Yeah? Uh, the presiding bishop at Nomad is uh, Bishop Ariho Kamara, who is also the MD. I want to celebrate the team at Nomad. So the first thing I'd like to say is that in the kingdom which you and I are part of, God does not employ us, but he deploys us. Yeah? There's a difference between being employed, because when you get a job, you're given an appointment letter, and they say, here's your job, this is your appointment letter, this is how much you're going to get paid per month, these are the rules and regulations, this is the time of arrival, this is the time that you leave and this is what is expected of you. But in the kingdom which you and I are part of, God has deployed you. And he deploys you to bring an experience of heaven in that working environment. That's what God does when he deploys you. Yeah? And every time he deploys us, he deploys us to tend, like we read in Genesis, that we have been deployed to tend or to cultivate that area where we have been asked to work. Yeah. So it's not so much that you are toiling, hustling, and trying to make ends meet. It's that you have been deployed to tend and to bring the experience of heaven on earth. So the very first thing I realized towards being an irresistible employee is changing your mindset. That what have you been put to do in this job or in this work of yours, it's to bring the experience of heaven on earth. It's not so much that 
There's a salary at the end of the month that you are looking forward to. That is a great reward, but it's not as important as the reward that your father is going to give you. All right? So last week, Dr. Emmanuel taught from Matthew chapter 25, from verse 14 to 30, about the parable of the talents. Yeah? And the parable of the talents reads, for it's just like a man who was about to take a journey and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. Yeah? To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, to another he gave one. And the Bible says he gave each according to his own ability. Let me tell you, you have been given something according to your own ability to steward, according to your own ability to tend. And then he went on his journey. So he says that the one who had received the five talents went at once. I like those words, at once. Meaning this guy was diligent and he was quick on his feet. It said at once and traded them and he made a profit and gained five more. All right? Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. And then it says, but the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. All right? Hid it. <laughs> now, after a long while, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them like a good businessman. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me five talents. See, I have made a profit, and I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. Yeah? Faithful and trustworthy over a little. Yeah? I want you to take note of those words. Then he says, I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Also, the one who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Then the one who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man. He had the right information about his master. Huh? Reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to lose the talent and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, I have what is your own. But the master answered him and said, You wicked, lazy servant, you knew that I reaped the harvest where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my money with the bankers and at my return, I would have received my money back with interest. Yeah? So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. Yeah? Now, I want you to focus on this verse 29. It says, For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given and he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored and disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away. 
All right? Now, I'd like to say to you, friends, that just like the employees of the rich man, every one of us has been given an appointment, a job, something to do, and put in a specific place to work. When you are put in the place to work, one of the first requirements of you is to bring about increase in that place that you have been. It's the very first requirement. It's actually ground zero. Increase. Yeah? Increase. Faithfulness is increase. Faithfulness is not maintaining the status quo. Faithfulness is about increase. Yeah? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So my question to you is, how faithful are you? How faithful are you? Yeah? Every gift that God has given to you is a seed ready for multiplication. Every talent Every business idea, every relationship, every connection, every dream, it's your role to multiply it for the kingdom. Yeah? That is your role. Every assignment that God has given to you is a test. And God is counting on you to pass that test. Yeah? Now, what does it mean to be an irresistible employee? And I want to draw your attention to something. This is my business card. Yeah? This is business garage, right? This is my business card. Beautifully designed and printed. It says on the front, has my name, Jeremy Biermanzi, Creative Director, Nomad. It has the address, it has my email address and some social media handles here and then the website and everything right there. Now, what does this business card say to me? This is what it says. It says the kingdom of heaven has deployed Jeremy Viemanzi to increase the value of nomad advertising through his role as the creative director by serving its clients excellently, thereby bringing about a kingdom experience in this business, its clients, its employees, and the economy of Uganda. Yeah? Did you get that? I'll read it again. The kingdom of heaven has deployed Jeremy Viemanzi hmm, to add value to nomad advertising through his role as the creative director by serving its clients excellently, thereby bringing about a heavenly experience to this business, its clients, its employees, and the economy of this country. That's what your business card says. Every time you take your business card and give it to a potential client, like Mr. Timo here, it says to Timo that the kingdom of heaven has employed me to add value to you through my deployment at Nomad as the creative director to bring to you, Timo, a heavenly experience to increase you, to increase your business through the things that I do. That through that transaction, you will be enriched, your employees will be enriched, and the economy of this country will be enriched. 
That's what it means to have a business card. It's not so much about the bragging rights. It is that you have been deployed by the kingdom. Yeah? You have been deployed by the kingdom. I'm going to tell you a, a short story. In 2009, I was working for one of those agencies, one of the big agencies in Kampala advertising. And one of those days, we received a memo on email telling us of an urgent all-staff meeting the very next day. There had been rumors in the office that we had lost our biggest client and there was going to be some restructuring in the office. So the very next day, our top, 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 top boss, hmm, the one who does not sit in Uganda, flew into the country for that meeting. When the top, top, top boss flies into the country, for a staff meeting, you know it's serious. So we all gathered in the boardroom and we gathered and we waited. Now the top, top, top boss <laughs> used not to sit in the meeting from the beginning to the end. He would just come in, deliver his verdict and leave. Most of the time he was leaving to rush back to the airport. So he came in and there was no prayer, opening prayer. He just started to say, you know what, guys, um, what you've heard is true. We have lost our biggest client. What that means is that we're going to have to downsize the company. Half of you are going to lose your jobs. By end of today, you will know those who we are skipping and those whom we are releasing. I'm sorry, guys, but this is business. And that was the end, and he walked out of the, <laughs> he walked out of the meeting and left us to lick our wounds. Yeah. Immediately, work stopped. We could not work. We could not work. Why? We were not sure whether we were going to keep our jobs or not. You know? We went back and sat at our desks and had several hours to think about whether we have been valuable enough to be kept on this job or not. So at the end of the day, one by one, we kept being called into the MD's office and some people left while they were mad, others left while they were smiling, Others were relieved, but one by one, they called us into the office. So my turn came. And I walked into the office, and I sat down in front of the MD, and he smiled. And then he said, Jeremy, we would like to keep you, like Fuchs. <laughs> we would like to keep you um, at the job. And I said, thank you, I appreciate that. And then I told him, unfortunately, I am leaving because I had actually already been given an appointment at another job. And so this came at a time where I was actually in transition. So he looked at me and said, what? Why are you leaving? And I said, well, I've been here three years and I really feel it's time for me to move on to my next assignment and I would really love to stay, but unfortunately this is really where I am right now in my career. And he said, okay, it's fine for you to go. But that experience showed me something. That many times you find yourself in a space where you have to think about whether you've been adding value to your employer or not. And it's a very sobering thought, a very sobering decision. Yeah? So I'd like to talk to us briefly about the four things that I think will help you distinguish yourself in your workplace. The four things that I think will distinguish help you distinguish yourself in your workplace. 
I have had the privilege of working, like I told you a little bit about my working history, and, and I'll tell you that this is something that I've seen in the different places I have worked, and I'll tell you what usually happens. If you work in an office like mine, for example, you arrive at work in the morning at 8.30 a.m., that's the time you're supposed to be there, and what happens sometimes is people arrive at 8.45, yeah? 8.45, you know... 8.45, and, and when they come at 8.45, they feel like they're early. We're early. We, really. It's not yet 9, all right? It's not yet 9. So you arrive at 8.45, then you get into the office and say hi to your friends, and you turn on your computer. When you turn on your computer, um, you launch, say, um, Google Chrome, and open Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp web, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, All of them are open on your computer right there. Then, you go and make yourself a cup of tea. <laughs> morning coffee. You came 15 minutes late, okay? You go and make some morning coffee, and then you find the tea girl, or you run to a nearby shop and buy some samosas and a chapati. Hey, mandazi. Then you come to your desk with mandazi, morning coffee, social media. And some people even open new vision, new vision, all right? And then you, red paper, what? You start checking the news, what? Check your social media feeds, catch up with everybody, have breakfast. And when you're done, it's around nine. That's when you start feeling guilty. Okay, well, like, you start feeling guilty, right? So you start working, maybe 9.30, okay, let's, 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 let's give it like, like 9.30. Then you start working at 9.30. Then you do your work, you do your work, you do your work. And then, maybe your boss has an urgent job for you to do that day that you need to finish. Maybe he has promised a client that this thing is due this day, finish. So you're the guy who has been appointed to finish that work. So you're working, you're working, you're working through the day. And then, maybe around 11.30, your boss comes to check on you at your, at your desk to see how the assignment is going. You know, just to make sure that you're on the right track and that he'll keep his word to his client in the evening. When he comes to your desk, my God, Jeremy is nowhere. He's, where has he gone? You know? Okay. Asks the person next to him. Ah, he's around. He's around. Okay. Looks in the parking. His car is there. Okay. Where's Jeremy? Picks up the phone, calls him. Jeremy cancels the call. Okay. What's going on? He texts, I am in the loo. Okay. I am in the loo. 11.30 a.m. You're in the loo. Now, depending on whatever you're doing in the loo, you might be there for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Why on earth do you bring your business, your download from home, and bring it to the workplace in the middle of a working day at 11.30 a.m. in the office when you're supposed to be doing work? Eh? Ouch. That's an ouch. Yes, but it happens. So you finish your business, you come back, you do your work. Lunchtime, you go for lunch. Now, lunch is one hour, but sometimes lunch can go on like one and a half hours, 2.30, yeah? So you work one to two, you, you have lunch from one like to 2.30, you're out working. You're out having lunch. Then, 2.30, you come back and you realize, huh? Hey, lunch, our fellowship, all those things. 
you have an assignment to finish that very day. Then you, you know, you, you, you have lunch and you come back 2.30, then you realize, oh, time is running. So you do the work, you do the work, you do the work, you do the work, you finish the work, it's like 5 p.m., you've just finished it. Then you email it to your boss and say, the report is done, here it is. Your boss is like, Fuchs, finally the job has been done. So he goes on to his, of course, his email, checks, opens the report and looks at the report. And on the page, first page of the report, right there in the heading is a typo. Wow, okay, there's a typo. All right, let's hope it's just one. Goes through the report. Oh, this is the wrong table. Oh, this is the wrong information. Oh, okay, this is right, this is right, this is right, this is right. Okay. This report is late. What do we do? Let me call him to come and finish. And maybe the boss comes to your office. <laughs> and behold, you're gone. You're gone. You call the surfboard. Are you on your way to Nadia for victory night? <laughs> you know? They can't find you. Gone. You know? Then the guy is like, okay, should I call him back? Will he pick? Okay, you know what? Let me ask somebody else who is still in the office to do the assignment and finish it. Or even, let me do it myself. All right? Now the process of the boss finding the report on your computer is another movie. You know? Launch Microsoft Word. Find the file name. Report one. Report one final. Report one final, final, final. Report one final of the final. What is the file? What's the file name? You know? These are things that I have seen in my working life. Okay? So it's not something that I've just made up in my mind. But is that what it means to be a good steward and to be faithful in the workplace? Yeah? Is that what it means? I won't even talk about hogging bandwidth downloading series using torrents in the workplace. That happens a lot. But as believers, God has put us in these positions and he has deployed us to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth, to give people a heavenly experience. Are we really doing that? What does it take to be an irresistible employee? Number one, you need to be diligent. You need to have a diligent hand. You need to be faithful. That's the first point. Faithfulness to the gift and faithfulness to the assignment. What does diligence mean? It's a constant and earnest effort to accomplish what is undertaken. To be persistent and work at that assignment consistently. Diligence will make you stand out as an employee. When you read in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4, it says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent will make rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. The Bible asks us to be diligent in many things. Diligent in studying of the word. Diligent in prayer. But also diligent in work. How diligent are you? Proverbs chapter 12 verse 24 says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Yeah? Do you have a diligent hand? Another proverb, chapter 13, verse 4 says, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Yeah? So there are so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about being diligent. Being diligent. 
how diligent are you? Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Do it with all your might. Give it everything in you. Be diligent. Be that reliable person. You know, these are areas where we fail, you know, where we are learning and growing. Diligence is what is going to make you stand out. Yeah? Diligence also is referred to as being a consistent person. Being a consistent person. One of the things that I've been learning a lot about consistency is it compounds. It compounds. Yeah? I was sharing with some friends the other day and I was telling them that a pot belly does not grow overnight. And it will not go overnight either. <laughs> it is a product of diligence and being consistent. Yeah, it is a product of diligence and consistency. Yeah, a product of diligence and consistency. In what ways are you diligent? Yeah. In what ways are you diligent? I'll just tell you a short story. I have had the privilege of being part of Worship Harvest for quite a while now. I remember the early years when we had just begun, before Worship Harvest became a church, um, we used to have a fellowship. We used to fellowship every Tuesday at St. Francis Chapel, and, you know, we used to call it Officer's Mess. I remember I used to work at John Cato's office on Krumah Road, and Pastor Moses' office was down the road, Lone Walk Architects. And... You know, and Pastor Mose would, 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 would write the, an article of, we used to have something called This Week at Worship Harvest. And Pastor Mose would write the article and send it to me by email, and then I would lay it out and send it back to him to print so that we can have what eventually evolved into the Harvest Post today. Today, it is an e-newsletter that is sent to your WhatsApp. And I was thinking about it the other day, and I realized that for 14 years, of this ministry, every Saturday I sat down at my computer and laid out the harvest. Wow. Diligently. 14 years. There were times when I forgot. I went to a wedding and the, the printers called me and said, where is the harvest post? And I called the printers and told them, you know what, I will send it at 10 p.m. tonight. Please, I'm sorry, I forgot. There were times when the content was late, you know, and sometimes I had to go and actually look for something, a, an article to put in the harvest post, or make sure that, they, but there was never a Sunday morning where the harvest post was missing. Every Sunday, the harvest post came to your location. Why? Because I chose to be diligent in what was my little role to make sure that the design and the layout is right and it comes to you. In what ways are you being diligent? Yeah? Point number two. A servant heart. A servant heart. One of the ways that you can be an irresistible employee is to know that you have been called to serve not just your boss, but your workmates, their clients, and everybody that you work with. 
To serve is simply to go out of your way to add value to others, to find out what your employer needs, to find out what that business needs, and to add value to them consistently, to serve them, to lighten your employer's load, in other words. Yeah? Jesus writes and says that if you want to be the greatest, you need to be the servant. That is in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 to 28. Yeah? You need to put yourself in the place of a servant. I've had encounters with people who serve, and I would like to talk about just two guys who I, I look at and I admire a lot. And one of them celebrated his birthday this week, Pastor Dennis Amoko. Happy birthday, belated birthday. If any of you has had an experience of working with Dennis, whether from very close or from very far, you know that he has that humility and that servant heart. And that he always gets out of his way to add value to other people. That is an admirable, admirable quality. Yeah? That's a very good thing. The other person that I've had a chance of working with was a guy who now stays in Nairobi called Sam Chirabo. Sam Chirabo is such a servant. You know, I remember the early days at Worship Harvest Katikati when Sam was the administrator and Sam would come in early on Sunday morning, 5 a.m., go to the hub, pack all the equipment onto the truck, take it to, take it to Katikati, set up most of the time by himself. We would, have, we would come in at 7.30 feeling like we have left our beds very early and we are pissed but we are there, you know, and then we prepare for the service, and then we leave maybe at about 1 p.m., and Sam sets down all the equipment, rolls all the cables, packs the keyboards, gets everything onto the truck, takes it back to the hub, packs it back into the stores, and then goes to find some lunch. The heart of a servant. The heart of a servant. When you look at the life of Joseph, when you read about the story of Joseph from Genesis chapter 39 to about 45, yeah? The Bible says that, and I'll read just from verse 2 to 6, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer over the house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for David's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. And then it says, of course, now Joseph was a handsome, was handsome in form and in appearance. But the point I want to draw you to in this text is that so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And served him. Joseph served Pharaoh. And as a result of serving Pharaoh, he received a promotion. He was made overseer over the house of Potiphar, rather. And then when he was in prison, he served the fellow prisoners and he was made authority in prison. And eventually he got to go to serve Pharaoh and he was put over the whole of the province of Egypt. Service 
will lead to your promotion. When you look at another story from Genesis chapter 30, from verse 25 to 30, you read about another guy called Jacob. Yeah? Jacob. And it says in Jacob, in Genesis chapter 30, verse 25, it says, And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own place and to my country. Give me my wife and my children, for whom I have served you, and let me go. For you know my service, which I have done for you. And Laban said to him, Please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said, Name me your wages and I will make it. Now that is an employee who has served diligently to the point that his boss is saying, how much money do you want? All right? And then it says, so Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you and how your flock has been with me. Yeah? For what... For what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. You know, Joseph had evidence that the point where he had been put to serve, he had increased value, and it was showing. So he was able to tell Laban, you know, I have done this, and God has extended and grown you. Yeah? So that's very, very important that we need to find ourselves in a place where we serve, where we serve diligently. Point number three is a growing mind, yeah? A growing mind. When you are deployed in that industry or in that job, it's very important for you to grow in knowledge. It's very important for you to grow in skill, not just to settle and say, you know what, I have arrived I am now here, this is my job, I know what to do, I am here, this is it. You know, you need to always be in a place where you choose to get better, always, always, always. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings, he will not stand before obscure men. A man skillful in his work, Skill is talent plus time. Skill is talent plus time. That every one of us has a talent and a gift that we've been given, but the only way for you to grow in that skill is to invest time in getting better. Yeah? Get to the place where you are always getting better at the gift that you have been given Invest time in knowledge. Learn more about the industry where you have been put so that you can get better always. That will make you an irresistible employee. Yeah? Point number four. And this one is very key. A teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. A teachable person is a person that is always evaluating themselves, that is not afraid of feedback that is not afraid to ask, how can I do it better? A teachable spirit is one that asks questions. Is one that is committed to learning something new every day. 
A teachable person is one that takes correction well. Yeah? Somebody said, to be successful today, you need to, to, to be successful tomorrow, you need to be teachable today. So the question is, how teachable are you? Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. He will increase in learning. I'd like to say to you, friends, that it's very important for us to be teachable, for us to receive instruction, for us to receive guidance, and for us to continuously be growing. So what am I saying to us this morning? Four things I'm saying is, number one, you need to have a diligent hand. Two, you need to have a servant heart. Three, you need to have a growing mind. And four, you need to have a teachable spirit. Yeah? It's very, very important. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, as I conclude, verse 22 to 24, it says, Servants, in everything, obey those who are your masters on earth, not only with external service as those who merely please people, but with sincerity of heart because of your fear of the Lord. And then it says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from your soul or work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. Amen. So, remember that you are serving God above all things and let us bring that kingdom experience in our workplaces. Thank you so much for listening to me. I hope that you have learned something from my sharing this morning. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.